host of the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Yeah! Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 269. Oh. Nice. Come on. It is. It's so nice. It is. I mean, look, last week was 268, therefore 269 for uh, March 20th, 2022. I am Marty. And I am drowning in my own eternal despair. (laughs) Ah, the Rumbass 2.0 coming back for the 3.0, eh? <laughs> uh, you know what? It, it, the, uh, the way I, I feel right now, it's oddly reminiscent of that era. So uh, <laughs> it's a flashback whenever the fuck you're listening to this Yeah, to the uh, broke, depressed Chris days of, uh, of 2.0. So, hey, welcome, guys. <laughs> welcome back. Welcome. Uh, Welcome back, and I'm sorry. Yeah, man, I, I should have pulled the welcome back Cotter theme. Uh, that would have been <laughs> that would have been the way to go. Uh, but uh, hello, welcome. Uh, this is a professional wrestling podcast that is usually sprinkled in with a little bit of personal frustration and rage. So uh, you'll, you'll you'll get a touch of that. I, I've no doubt. I've no doubt. But uh, before we dig into all of the the uh, in ring stories of the week, a pretty big. Uh, outside of the ring story to chat about uh, to kick off the show. Uh, news broke while we were recording last week, but it is officially official, so let's oh, get yeah. into it. Oh. Scott Hall passed away on Monday at age 63. Uh, he uh, he was on life support as of last Sunday, recovering from uh, broken hip surgery. Uh, he was having a hip replacement done. Uh, while uh, under, he suffered three heart attacks. Was put on life support. Was taken off of life support late on Sunday and passed away Monday, uh, just about right before Raw. And uh, surrounded by family and, of course, uh, many uh, wrestling stars and uh, those who knew him have uh, taken to socials to to talk about him and and tell his story. More kind of um, depressing and gruesome details uh, came out on Friday in uh, Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer newsletter. I, I'll, I'll try to go through them uh, as as succinctly as possible because I don't want to focus on the the sad. I want to focus on uh, the legacy that the man will leave. Uh, but basically, uh, as it was put to Meltzer by Sean Waltman, aka One Two Three Kid, X Pac Six, whatever you want to call him, obviously a close friend and confidant of Scott Hall over the years. Uh, Hall uh, had always been fighting his demons, uh, notably had many issues with alcohol throughout his career, 
look to have beaten it through the help of DDP and his uh, DDP yoga program and, and that sort of thing. But um, you can kind of look at Scott Hall as a uh, secondary casualty of COVID as the isolation period and, and that sort of thing, uh, being stuck in his house for about two years, uh, mm. you know, the, the, the bottle got him and his falling and breaking his hip, uh, was due to a drinking spell. Ah, oh, shit. And, uh, apparently he, uh, before he was found and subsequently taken to the hospital, he had been down and out for quite some time, uh, uh, I, I can't remember the exact number of, of days, but yeah, the, the isolation from the pandemic really, um, you know, pushed the, uh, um, pushed him to his personal limit and, uh, ultimately, um, you know, his, his demons seem to be what got him in the end, um, which is just, just a shame because that he's, sucks. he's, uh, uh, when you look at the legacy and history of Scott Hall, uh, especially for wrestling fans of our generation, um, you know the the two themes I just played back to back. They are two of the most iconic characters sure. of professional wrestling. Uh, Razor Ramon, clearly a Scarface ripoff. Just watch yeah. those first vignettes. You've got a guy who was literally born in Maryland. And uh, I did not know that. Yeah, uh, he he was military brat, ultimately uh. landing in Florida, but born in Maryland, uh, doing a Cuban gimmick. Yeah, well, not only that, but like they sold. I mean, Razor. Is, yes, you know what yeah. you use to cut up your cocaine. Yes, and they sold this and marketed this to children. Of course, as children, we had no idea the, I mean, none, the subtext. None. But uh, I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but Razor Ramon quickly became a top tier star in the WWF, as it was called at the time. Uh, I, I think his most notable contributions, unsurprisingly, involve his friends in the quote unquote clique. Mm-hmm. Um, his uh, putting over of Sean Waltman as the kid later, mm-hmm. the one two three kid, uh, very the lightning very, kid, uh, big moment. Uh, I, I remember very vividly watching him on, um, I, I didn't watch raw at the time cause I was too young to stay up that Aww. late. Yeah. I mean, cause we're talking what 92, 93. So I was Feed like, is Marty. Yeah. I was like seven, eight years old. Um, well, you had responsible parents. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I remember watching the recap on, what was it? WWF mania or whatever the Todd Saturday morning Saturday show mornings. Was. Yes. Yeah. And I remember how crazy it was that this, you know, uh, as as my friends called them before we knew the industry term, this no name yeah. got this big time victory over someone who they had been pushing very hard in Razor Ramon. Uh, and of course, Razor Ramon later went on to have the legendary uh, industry changing ladder match mm-hmm. with Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental title. They had two of them, one at WrestleMania 10, another at SummerSlam 95. Um Incredible matches, both of those, but I, I think the biggest legacy he leaves is that of the New World Order. Uh, well, I, yeah, well, the outsiders leading yes. into the New World Order. Yes. I mean, you know, they 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 literally changed the business yeah. when you know they were up with their contracts with with Vince, and then showed up on Nitro as Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, their, you know, government yeah. names and, uh, and, and, and popped up and like, what, what the hell's going on? You know? And yeah. it, it, it literally changed the business from forever. 
Yeah, uh, you don't know. Uh, you, uh, me, you know who I am. You know where I'm from, but you don't know why I'm here. I yeah, mean, that is that is such an iconic turn of phrase. Uh, I I remember vividly, and uh, you know, I, I think it's worth sharing all of our like own personal memories of these things. Yeah, I remember very vividly. Uh, in that era of Nitro, so we're talking 96, 97, uh, I would videotape Nitro every week mm-hmm. for my cousin Steve, now indie superstar, Lord Diaz. <laughs> uh, I would tape Nitro every week, and I remember very vividly watching it and being like, what is Razor Ramon doing in WCW? Because. Right. You know, you didn't have the same access to the level of up-to-the-minute scoops and information sure. and, and, and that sort of thing. And it wasn't as I was used to. Because I, I recalled Scott Hall as the diamond stud in WCW before he went over to WWF. I remember that. But this was the first time I was like, wait, was that real? Right. And, and then you, you know, see behind him and it's Oz. Right, right. <laughs> or Vinny Vegas. Right. <laughs> and and I, I remember just so uh, so vividly the excitement and the rush of, oh, man, and now here's Kevin Nash. And, of course, the infamous Hogan turn and, yeah. you know, all of the excitement, drama, and ultimately excess of the New World Order. Yeah, Bischoff really fucked it to death. <laughs> right. But the first year or two of that storyline was – unbelievable and you know it's clear uh because it allowed wcw to have that run during the monday night wars to to nearly put vince mcmahon out of business and uh as as many have pointed out uh, the contributions not just in front of the camera but behind the camera you can talk as much shit as you want about hall and nash as uh politicians in the Mm -hmm. locker room but they were the guys or probably the most prominent guys to convince Vince to convince Eric Bischoff and in turn change the way the industry worked in terms of having guaranteed money deals yeah, and, and ensuring uh, the livelihood of everyone backstage, whether you were top guy or, you know, uh, bottom guy coming up. Um, and I, I think between those elements, those on screen and behind the scenes, he's going to be forever known, hopefully, for these positive contributions. Obviously, up until, you know, his his recent uh, or more recent appearances in WWE uh, for Hall of Fame inductions and that sort of thing, I think, sadly, he was better known for his alcohol issues and, yeah. and so on. Um including a very hard-to-watch, rather infamous uh, ESPN special um, that, that showed him showing up uh, in no condition to perform. Uh, he was brought to the show. ring in a wheelchair. Yeah, it, it was incredibly depressing and sad. Yeah, very tough to but, watch. Uh, I saw a lot of people online sharing the Hall of Fame speech. Yeah. Um, ba- uh, what is it? Bad times don't last, but uh, bad guys do. Right, um, yeah. You know, I, I hope those are the moments that, that people remember more than anything. The excitement of ladder matches, the shocking debut in WCW, and of course, uh, that, that last moment, uh, or those last moments in front of a live crowd uh, being honored for his contributions to wrestling. Yeah, he was around for a lot of, uh, 
um, you know, uh, legend, I guess, legendary or uh, iconic moment, you know, the curtain call yeah. and then, you know, the debut and the, the finger poke of doom he was around the ring for and, yeah. you know, the third man and all, all this, you know, all the great beatdowns of Sting coming down from the rafters and hitting everybody in the NWO with the fucking baseball bat. Like a lot of moments are associated with with Scott Hall. And uh, and yeah, I mean, I kind of came into watching wrestling around, you know, the time of, of Razor Ramon. And just as you played that, uh, as you played his theme song, it took me back to uh, what game was it? I think it was uh wwf raw yes, on the, the sega, sega genesis, genesis. Yeah. so you could scroll through and pick your character in like yeah. a, a version uh, I, don't, I don't remember if it was a mini version or an actual version yeah uh, have this played one. yeah and it was i i just it took me back like i was just transported to my mom's basement my actual mother's basement playing my sega genesis in the in the corner and uh you know trying to back body drop everybody out of the ring in a royal rumble match you know <laughs> I was only able to get all uh, all twenty nine other guys out via back body drop once, uh, but but yeah, that's uh, that's my legacy with uh, and, Scott Hall. And I mean, who didn't see Razor Ramon and want to throw a toothpick like him or yeah. or, or do his his walk? I still you know? I still like. <laughs> So on my one of my trivia games, yeah. uh, the bar is like a, a big maze of fucking tables that I have to weave in and out of. And I'll like duck and do like the, the hands to the side thing still <laughs> as a fucking 39-year-old loser. So that's that's where I am in life. <laughs> but it, it, it speaks to um, whether he realized or not the ongoing impression that, that this guy gave to us. And... Um, you know, 63, uh, far too young to go. Uh, he lived a lot for 63. I mean, yeah, he, 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 <laughs> he lived a hard life. Yeah. Uh, that, he, he got his shit that in is for sure. Uh, although, you know, it could be argued that there was more shit. The more spots he could have gotten in, uh, had the demons in the bottle, not, uh, not overtaken, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where uh, this is a really weird way to phrase it but at least it wasn't you know alone in a uh hotel room in peoria or some shit yeah uh you know while he's still on tour or something like that um you know he was surrounded by family and and maybe some friends in there and you know if there's a way if, if there's a way to go i guess that is it i don't know yeah it's a weird uh it of, of, to go down. of the ways it could have gone and the times where you thought, okay, this might have been it. Like it's it's the best of a bad situation. Nevertheless, Scott Hall, sixty-three years old, uh truly a legend in and out of the ring, and uh he will very much be missed. Yeah. Alright, now let's get into some of the news from the week. The World Wrestling Federation for over fifty years the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. This might be, you know, uh, a situation where you think, okay, let, let, let's talk about what happened this week. You know, to, what, what's going on with WrestleMania? What, what's going on with, uh, with, with NXT? Now that Dolph Ziggler's on top, uh, what, what, what's going on with maybe these new signings? They announced a bunch of new signings, uh, including San 
Tino's daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe okay. we'll see a return of the Cobra. But no, Chris, I want to cover one thing from the world of the WWE with you this week. All right. If I can say one word to you, if I can throw out one thing that I want the listenership to dig into and really enjoy this week, it is this word. Smackadilla. <laughs> smackadilla. Smackadilla. Is a smackadilla. The Smackadilla is a ghost kitchen uh, concept that the WWE has put together for WrestleMania weekend in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Mm-hmm. It is a delivery only restaurant serving unique. WWE themed quesadillas. <sighs> so, <laughs> I think before we can even dig into the ridiculousness of this, yes, we have to address that they basically just ripped this idea off from PWT. Yeah, uh, yes, uh, Pro Wrestling Tees silently launched uh, about two weeks ago their own ghost kitchen operative called Powerbomb Pizza. Uh huh. And uh, that has a number of locations. Let's see where where they're at. I'm bringing up the Powerbomb Pizza site right now. Powerbombpizza.com, in case you're interested. I'm guessing mostly the Chicagoland area. Uh, I believe it's actually random places across the U.S. See, that's the fun of this whole ghost kitchen thing. Yeah. Um, You know, there's been a few different ones (laughs) of them. Uh, Like Guy Fieri has one. There's a YouTuber, Mr. Beast or something, who has one. Yeah, I had one of his burgers once. It was Uh, very average. And and that that seems to be the response to pretty much all of this. But the thing, the the idea is they get set up in a pre-existing restaurant's kitchen. Uh, Yeah. And uh, looking at the Powerbomb Pizza locations, uh, there are four in California, one in Nevada, and one in New York. So here's okay. So here's what I'm wondering: as somebody who's worked in many a kitchen, yeah. If I'm working, like say the the Mr. Beast Burger, for example, yeah, uh, was uh, in a Bertucci's. Yes. So if I have fallen on such hard times, which may not be that far away, where I'm working back a house at a Bertucci's, do I now have to cook two fucking menus simultaneously? I I think that's how it so, works. That is some bullshit. I, I don't that is think bullshit. I don't think it's a scenario where uh, you get this uh, get a different uh, staff. staff or anything. I, I think it's the same staff. And and looking at Powerbomb Pizza, a lot of these are existing pizza places. And um, it, it says even in the uh, the Powerbomb Pizza, and we'll talk about the Smackadillas more in a minute. Um, Powerbomb Pizza listing says every pizzeria has a different style, so it, it seems like. The idea is they just use existing ingredients and existing processes. Right. Yeah. They, they just make a pizza with a with a stupid wrestling inspired name and sell yeah. it for a fifteen percent markup. Yeah. That's... Yeah. So so <laughs> running through the Powerbomb Pizza menu, for example, because inflation's not fucking enough these days. <laughs> you got to charge even more for a stupid gimmicked fucking flatbread. Yeah. And 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 these are technically uh, uh, signed off upon. By the the uh, the wrestlers themselves, because we we are using image likenesses and their names. Because looking at the appetizers, we've got Eddie Guerrero's Latino Heat Wings. Oh man, see that's just that just feels dirty. Gangrel's Fantastic Garlic Breadsticks. 
<laughs> okay, all right. That one's kind of clever. I'll, I'll lean into that one. Uh-huh. Then we've got the, the, the pizzas, which come in three uh-huh. sizes, jobber, small, mid-card, medium, and uh-huh. main eventer, which uh-huh. is large. Okay. So, uh, uh, it's I'm, a little much. I'm, I'm just going to run down the, uh, the names. Should be called the minis. <laughs> I'm gonna run run down the names here. Uh, do they have an Exotico size uh, size pizza? We we can we I get do. the Pimpinella Escar- Escarlita? Sadly, no luchadors represented here. Well, you know, maybe Republic of Lucha will be the next to launch a, uh, a, a you know a ghost kitchen. Yeah, they'll team up with Trejo's Tacos, and uh, you know, can we can we put uh, can we can we send Penta to to hang out with Danny Trejo because that's a YouTube yeah. video I would watch in a fucking heartbeat. Let, let's let's make that happen. Um, but the, uh, the, the, the pizzas from Powerbomb Pizza uh-huh. include the four cheeses of Foley. Okay. God Did, what are, well, hold on. What are the cheeses? Mozzarella, Parmesan, Provolone, Romano. Eh, not even like clever. There's just the, the standard fucking pizza yeah. cheeses. It's not like, you know, you throw a blue cheese and a, and a sharp cheddar and, you know, uh, a, a goat and American cheese. Now, that's four very different kind of cheeses. That's at least interesting. It would taste fucking terrible. Well, how about at least the, it would be interesting. How about the Vader's Mastodon Meat Lover's Pizza with sausage, pepperoni, bacon, and mozzarella cheese? Fuck that pizza up is what I'm saying right now. The Legion of Doom Chicago Street Fight Pizza. That's is got it a Chicago-style pizza? It's got Italian dish? beef, uh, gardena, and uh, mozzarella cheese. Okay, all right. Uh, and uh, we've got Bret Hart's Best There Ever Was okay. Supreme Pizza. Okay. Uh, oh, so Supreme, so it's got green peppers on it. Pass. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. Brett. Uh, pepperoni, sausage, mushroom, onion, green pepper, black olives, and mozzarella cheese. But really, oh, the, most in- peppers? Ugh. <laughs> the most inspired name comes uh-huh. from the dessert menu, the Brutus the Barber Cheesecake. <laughs> wow. And I guarantee... It's like a single slice of frozen cheesecake. Oh, yeah. Selling yeah. for $15. Yeah. Uh, and you have to pay an extra dollar for the strawberry sauce to be on top. Now, the WWE <sighs> side of things. Well, okay. Do, you, do we know what percentage the uh, the people, the performers are getting for their uh, likenesses? Does that info no come out? No idea. All right. So the, the WWE. All the way to, uh, the, uh, to the hot wings. The WWE Smackadillas. Yes, Smackadillas. Quote unquote, loaded with signature ingredients and unexpected flavor combos guaranteed to SmackDown hunger. Okay, we get it. Yep. There are five main quesadilla options. Mm -hmm. We've got the spicy superstar with spicy serrano pepper, onion, and pickled jalapeno relish, avocado, (laughs) chihuahua cheese, Uh pepper jack cheese, and a side of poblano queso for dipping or drizzling. Okay. Okay. All right. I mean, I I don't hate that combo. The cheesy chicken champion. <laughs> so they're generic names. They don't even like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, like, there's uh, not the Roman Reigns. Acknowledge me. Uh, I mean, or, the head or, of the t- the head of the table quesadilla. I mean, well, come yeah, on, right or, or or maybe the Roman Romaine lettuce. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, 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 I was lettuce on the quesadilla. Fair. But cheesy chicken champion. That's crispy chicken tenders, poblano queso, chihuahua cheese, avocado with a side of sour cream. Okay, I'd eat that too. The onion rumble. All right. Again, not even trying. Nope. Uh, caramelized onions, crispy onion rings, Swiss cheese. Side of sour like cream. Swiss cheese, but I do love caramelized onions. Um, it makes makes me think of a um, uh, French onion soup. Yeah. That's usually yeah, top yeah, with yeah. Uh, Swiss or Gruyere. Uh, chicken versus ranch. Uh-huh. Again, uh-huh. not trying. 
Okay. All right. Crispy chicken tenders, ranch, bacon, pepper, jack, cheese, avocado, cider, ranch. Oh, fucking avocado, man. Why, why, why does the culinary world continue to insist when shoving that green, slimy shit on everything? Fuck out of here with your avocado already. Fuck. And here's why? where it gets fucked up, Chris. Yeah. You want to know the name of their fifth and final quesadilla? Uh, Dead Man Rising. No, it's Powerbomb Pizza. Wait. <laughs> Isn't that the name of the PWT one? Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. okay. I that... guess uh, not, not quick enough for PWT to get trademark on Powerbomb Pizza. Uh, I mean, it says on the website that it's a, a trademark or a copyright uh, of there. So we'll see what happens. Well. But, uh the Powerbomb Pizza includes... Jeremy Chris- Devin's going to be busy next week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he thought he was having fun submitting the Observer to the fucking MLW <laughs> case this week. Um, anyway, the Powerbomb Pizza includes crispy mozzarella sticks, chihuahua cheese, roasted Italian cherry tomatoes, pepperoni with a side of marinara. Now that sounds fucking bomb. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Yeah, I, I eat that. Also, we've got the figure four fries, champion cheese sticks, and macho <laughs> mac and cheese. Oh, wow. I wonder who's getting any Macho Man-related royalties these days. Great question, because I also saw this week there's a a, a uh, pro-wrestling RPG video game coming out that includes the visage of one Randall Q. Savage. RPG as in, like, see, now, what I want in a video game that I will spend $60 for and pump over 100 hours into yeah. is, like, a fantasy RPG Skyrim type game, yeah. but the characters are WWE superstars. Not not quite what we're going for here. This is closer to a Super NES Final Fantasy looking game, but the idea is instead of you know your battles being filled with magic and that sort of thing, you're doing moves in a pixelated wrestling ring. Oh man, I feel like you know they're missing an opportunity here because you you've got some built-in characters. Oh sure, you know you know your 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 Undertaker could be your mystical wizard or or mage or whatever. And oh yeah, you know the sh- the shit the shit's there. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to. I, I hate that I'm giving WWE an idea to make more money because uh, fuck they don't they're, need it. They're they going to be suck. fine. the The rumor is right now that that uh, 2K is going to lose the license and. Uh, they're going to start working with EA, which means if you thought you were getting microtransactioned before, <laughs> bend over, wrestling fans. Here comes a lot more. Because it'll be in the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the game. Um, but yeah, I, I had to I had to talk about these Smackadillas. I, I think the thing that frustrates me is Smackadilla is probably one of the greatest marketing terms I've ever heard. And then <laughs> everything after it. Is just such garbage. It is WWE in a nutshell. On paper, so many options. Yeah. So many wonderful places they can go. And then they deliver you Pete Dunn as Butch. <laughs> yeah, the Butch Pie, which, you know, I guess would be, uh, you know, beans and blood pudding on a, <laughs> on top of a pizza. I don't know. Sorry, Paul, if I'm offending you. Uh. <laughs> but you don't eat beans for breakfast, god damn it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. It ruins with the you. rest of your day. Hey, here's a button I haven't hit in a positive way in a while. I thought you were gonna go for fuck on me. <laughs> 
New Japan. There is some shining brightness at the end of a very dark COVID tunnel okay. for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Not only does it look like COVID restrictions may start uh, wrapping up within a number of days, therefore we might actually get cheering fans, therefore we might also get foreign talent. Uh, the New Japan Cup is going in some unique directions for its quarterfinal matches. Okay, explain how. Looking at the 48-man card, uh, I, I, I would not, or 48-man um, bracket. bracket, I would not have thought these would be your quarterfinal matches. We have Okada versus Shima. That happened this morning. Okay. Uh, Okada won. Spoiler, oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. Uh, Naito versus Jeff Cobb. Okay, I mean, we've seen that before, but it's always been good. Yeah, Naito won that one, so we're going to get Okada, okay. Naito, and the, the sure. uh, semis. semis. But then uh, tomorrow we're getting Will Ospreay versus Zack Sabre, which we've seen before and has been really good. True, true. But we're getting, for the first and possibly only time ever, Hiromu Takahashi versus Shingo Takagi. Man, goodbye pants. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, New Japan World. Let's Hello, go. cucumber up my ass. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, that. Uh, you know, I guess I should freeze you. Guys, you're supposed to, am I supposed to freeze it first? I don't know how that's supposed to be. Oh, do I don't you know? want. Do you want a cooling sensation? Or? I mean, I, I don't want the. I don't. I, I would prefer the cucumber not break off in my ass if I were to, yeah. you know, have a preference about the thing. Maybe carrot more sturdy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Not to. I have to go, I have to Google such things. Uh, yeah, no, this I probably won't Google that because I don't want that on my yeah, yeah, uh, yeah search don't, history. You don't you don't want that in the mix there. But yeah, Hiromu Shingo tomorrow. I want let's to check go, out, and I really want to check out Okada Shima uh, again. As I think I've gotten on and on and on and on about big Shima guy from here. Uh, yeah. I've been watching that guy for holy shit twenty years now, yeah. Yeah. and. Um, really surprised he's made it this far uh, or he made it this far. Uh, I, I wouldn't have thought it. And uh, it's cool to see. Also, they announced that the best of the super juniors will be happening in May and based off of the touring dates and that sort of thing, it looks like it's going to be a 16 man bracket, which means they're definitely going to have either foreign imports or uh -huh. outside of new Japan talent on those shows. Or just the Young Lions. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I guess. But <laughs> so, okay, uh, looking okay, positive. So there's uh, the, the semis already been – one side of the semis has already been decided. Yeah. Okada uh, and Naito. Uh, so, okay. Let's prognosticate a bit here. Yeah. I would say – I. I, th I think – do they do another Osprey and Shingo match in the semis here? I mean, it's always awesome. It is. But didn't they just – I feel like I just saw a sequence of them wrestling like a week ago. Yeah, they they, they did a multi-man. It was a tag. Um, okay. So I think... I think Hiromu and Osprey is a better, uh, fresher match. Well, I, I, I was going to say on, uh, on, on paper, the two uh, matches that would be, you know, zigging a little bit where you expect a zag would be either Shingo versus ZSJ. Yeah. Or Hiromu versus Will Osprey seeing, you know... Hiromu versus new current day Will Ospreay. It's been a while since the two of them have gone against each other. It was always awesome. I had yeah. no doubt it would be awesome here. I just don't want it to be Osprey Okada again. <laughs> that, is, yeah. that is the biggest thing I have right here. I just don't I don't want to see it again. And I want someone to beat Okada. I mean, preferably Naito beats Okada and then someone beats Naito. So then we have like a few different options for world title matches and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. But uh, hard to say. I mean, 
a Shingo versus a uh, Naito would be like if Shingo has to go through Hiromu and then oh, you know man. face Naito. Oh man, yeah, yeah, that, I, would, I, that I, would be cool. I don't want to splinter Lij, but yeah. that would be uh, that would be at least an interesting booking decision. Also, I wonder if Osprey was originally supposed to go this far because uh, he defeated. Uh, in the prior round, Sonata, he ended up getting a bye because Sonata broke his orbital bone in their match. So, oh, jeez. So I don't know if uh, Sonata was originally supposed to lose because he's the current U.S. champ there. Oh, yeah. yeah he beat uh, he beat um, Tana? Tana for that one. Yeah. Uh, also on the New Japan tip, another interesting sounding match. They've got their big Chicago show. Uh, coming up in just a few weeks. The main event for that has been signed. Windy City Riot, it will be Will Ospreay versus John Moxley. That sounds pretty great on paper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talk a lot of shit about John Moxley. Or not John Moxley. We don't talk shit about him. We love yeah. John Moxley. We talk yeah. a lot, we of, talk shit a lot of shit Will. about Dean Ambrose. Yes. But John Moxley, not yeah. so much. Uh, we talk a lot of shit about Will Ospreay uh, yeah. on this show. but This is kind of a garbage human. Yeah. Terrible a human. Great wrestler. <laughs> uh, unbelievable wrestler. And yeah. um, I, I think that will be an incredible main event for that show. So, again, positive sounding things coming out of the New Japan world, which is something we haven't been able to say in a year. Two. <laughs> you yeah. <were> two? <laughs> it's it's it, it, it has been a while for sure. So, yeah. um, hopefully... Hopefully we're getting uh, a little bit closer to fine. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, in other non-AEW or WWE news, uh, two quick bits I want to get into. Uh, first and foremost, this is kind of AEW news. Uh, it's official. Supercard of Honor, April 1st. That will be the mm. first show under the Tony Khan regime. And signed for the Briscoes defending the Ring of Honor tag team titles against FTR. Top guys. I think we all kind of figured and hoped that would be where we were heading here, but yeah, uh, it, yeah. it's officially happening. And uh, Tony Khan, uh, he did his weekly appearance on the unlistenable Busted Open Radio <laughs> and uh, indicated that his partners at Warner Media have given him the okay to run a live show opposite Rampage. So that's um, that's cool. But also, he got a, a memo from Warner Media saying, "Don't put the Briscoes yeah. on my fucking TV stations." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's this happening at Supercard and not on Dynamite. Exactly. So exactly, um, and that's fine. I, you know, yeah. But it would be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, I still want more details as to what this new look Ring of Honor will be, where totally. it will be. You know. Uh, will it be a YouTube thing? I'm sure he's got to be working on some kind of TV thing outside of Turner, or yeah. maybe they just throw it on True TV or something. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'd be curious to see the breakdown of a, uh, a basic cable True TV type thing mm-hmm. versus the amount of stations that Ring of Honor was being shown on Sinclair. Yeah. Um, also, I wonder if they get to keep the Sinclair time spot. Like, I mean. It's yeah, become uh, even cheaper for them to have that programming. So. Right. Yeah. No. That that that's a fair point. So so yeah. Curious uh, for more info. And has there been any other matches signed for that card? So, I, I would imagine Gresham would be defending the the ROH title. So prior to the cutover, they had announced three matches for the okay. show. They announced uh, a world title unification between Bandito and John Gresham. Okay. Because Gresham Bandito was, never lost yeah, it. Exactly. Right? And yeah. he's been defending the newer title, whereas uh-huh. 
Gresham's been defending the Legacy Ring of Honor title. Right. Uh, we had oh, just did an impact. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we had the uh, open challenge for the Ring of Honor tag titles with the Briscoes, which uh-huh. has been answered by FTR. And they also announced uh, Blake Christian against Swerve, which hmm. on paper could still happen. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. So, so we'll have to see if that happens. I think they also mentioned uh, Flippy Doo GCW star Ninja Mac. Hell yeah. Making his Ring of Honor debut. Um, we'll see if that, again, if that's still in the cards because clearly things have changed. Yeah, put him in there against a Dragon Lee or a Ray Horace or some, some other flippy guy and do all the flippies, please. That reminds me, Dragon Lee was one of the first guys to uh, hop on Twitter when New Japan announced the uh, best of Super Juniors <laughs> with an eye emoji. So uh, <laughs> hopefully Ryu Lee is going to be popping up in New Let's Japan go. again real, real soon. Anyway, uh, exciting stuff. Another bit I wanted to get into, uh, and this is... This is prime roughhouse content here, folks. Oh, jeez. You know who got to launch their OnlyFans yesterday, Chris? <laughs> Are you really asking me that question? <laughs> like, I don't know the answer. <laughs> uh, yes, Tony Storm. Yes, yes. Former WWE star, former stardom star, former progress star, former NXT UK star, Tony Storm. Current Juice Robinson fiance. Uh, are are, are I they? I think they got hitched. Did they? Did it happen already? Yeah, okay. Because I, I know I that they were at least changed her uh, her screen names to say Tony Storm Robinson. Did you? Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, you slice. I haven't clicked on her social medias in a long time, so I haven't noticed that. <laughs> anyway, you slice it. Uh, people <sighs> did some math. Twenty bucks a month multiplied by at least fifteen hundred likes on her first <laughs> post means she's pulling in. Over $20,000 a month. Well, okay, so that's at least for this month. At least for this month, yes. I have a feeling that number will dip drastically once people either read the fine print or realize she's not, you know, spreading her butthole in front of a camera for everybody. That we're uh, aware of. That, uh, From what I've heard, <laughs> <laughs> from what I've heard, it, I don't even think she's doing nudes. It's all like bikini stuff, right? Is that I, uh, I, I on legitimately I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Legitimately I don't know. Uh-huh. Reddit doesn't let people post stuff from there anymore. Yeah, didn't so. they nuke wrestle with the uh mm-hmm. wrestle with the, uh, god damn it. Yep. Yep. So, of yeah. all the other shit on Reddit, that's what they get rid of? Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't know about any other unsavory things on Reddit. No, why no. would I? Yeah, why would you? No. Twelve thirty yet? Big week in AEW, as it always seems to be. St. Patrick's Day Slam was uh, the show this week on Wednesday on TBS. But before that, we had some news from the world of AEW. First and foremost, William Regal did his big sit-down interview with Chris Jericho for Talk is Jericho. Mm. And holy crap, his health issues sounded nightmarish. Well, I, di- I didn't uh, listen or read a recap. What's the, what's the, uh, the TLDR? Uh, let's see. He was in a hospital for eight weeks. He was given 24 hours to live at one point. He had sepsis in his leg. They were going to cut his leg off. He had, uh, uh, I, I'm going to try to pronounce this right. Pericarditis. Pericarditis. Okay. All right. An inflammation of the sac around your heart. Mm -hmm. So basically it hardens the sac around your heart. So imagine fucking magic shell around your heart. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of want your heart to to, to pump and uh, expand and contract as yeah. it needs. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. 
Uh, yeah, an absolute nightmarish number wow. of things happened to him. Thankfully, he survived, and thankfully, uh, he's around as uh, the headmaster of uh, the uh, Regal Academy of Violent Youths. Yeah, Violent Boy Dojo. Yeah, uh, so really scary stuff. Amazed it stayed quiet all this time, because that was January 2019 that he was in the hospital. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think the uh, the violent boy dojo is right next to the handsome boy modeling school uh, <laughs> at the strip mall. Nice, <laughs> yeah, well right. I, I figured you'd appreciate that one. Yeah, <laughs> God, that just made me real happy. <laughs> Get a life reference and referencing one of my favorite musical duos. All in one. Um, also, Cheers. this week, Joey Janela did an interview where he said he's not interested in re-signing with AEW. Which is basically like saying, fire me. No, you're fired. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah. He hasn't really. I can't tell you. <clears throat> uh, the last time I think I saw him on Dynamite was definitely in the uh, Daily's Place era. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't I mean, even he, know if he he's did talk about stuff. in there about how his um, his interest and his pride in professional wrestling fell really hard during COVID, which – Okay. I understand. Sure. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, yeah. Who did become apathetic about literally everything in their lives uh, yeah. during yeah. Uh, the the lockdowns and, and all that fun stuff. So I uh, imagine yeah. he put more uh, emphasis on uh, GCW, I guess, going forward. Yeah, that, that's his plan. He's going to focus on the indies and that sort of thing. Now, the, the thing that's funny is he did this big interview. Uh, for some reason, I foresee that neither Chris Daniels nor Tony Khan heard any of it and may just give him a call and be like, all right, we picked up your extension. We'll have you for two more years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll, well, we will see what happens. Wish him the best of luck. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, that was one of the most buzzed about guys. Yep. When AEW first started. And he did have some buzz, um, you know. I have no doubt that if anyone can recapture that, it's someone who seems to have his eye on the zeitgeist like Joseph Kubert Janella. Yeah, definitely uh, good with the uh, the ideas and marketing. And yeah, like you said, the, the zeitgeist. I also read something, I guess, adjacent to Janella. And I don't know the validity behind this, but apparently uh, little Marco Stunt has been kind of ghosted by by AEW. Uh, is something I read on, on the Twitter. Um, again, no idea as to whether or not it's true, but, uh, you know, there could be a re, uh, reun- reunion. That's the word. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say reuniting. I'm like, yeah, that's not quite the one. Um, reunion quite. of that tag team of, uh, of Janela and Marco, uh, in the, on the Indies or at a spring break or Lord knows, you know, maybe he'll pop up in the twink gauntlet again at, uh, Effie's big gay <laughs> brunch. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see what happens. I mean, um, I I I can say that uh, Marco kind of, if he wasn't going to be the uh, the spokes thing for uh, Jurassic Express, he kind of he kind of lost his luster. Yeah, and I feel like we're really going to miss an opportunity of not getting to see Keith Lee Beal Marco from the ring <laughs> to the entrance ramp. Yeah, uh, yeah, missed opportunity there, TK. Let's, yeah, uh, fair point. Bring him back for a farewell sort of thing. That's how you write him off. Just you know, Beal him into oblivion. <laughs> Well, St. Patrick's Day Slam was live from San Antonio, Texas, and it kicked off with a big-time trios match, Adam Cole and Red Dragon. 
of Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish against Hangman Page and uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. So you had all the champions on one side of that. And this match absolutely fucking ruled, Chris. Yeah, man, that's my wheelhouse. That's the the spot fest flippy do PWG house style. That's uh, that's my that's my wrestling uh, uh, security blanket. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, this this was just all killer, no filler. Uh, live at Budokan, it was fantastic. It was <laughs> it was awesome, and uh, surprisingly, Jungle Boy uh, gets hit with the high low and yeah. a lowering of the boom by Adam Cole. Uh, Adam Cole getting the pin on Jungle Boy. So, uh, understandably, you know, we want to rebuild Cole because he's going to be the the fill-in guy, at least for the next few weeks while Punk is off filming a new season of Heels. Oh, uh, is that what? Okay, that explains his absence. Yes. Uh, so, uh, so no no Punk? Oh, he'll probably be back by our show, right? Yeah, yeah. That, at least I think as much. Okay. Um, but, uh I, I definitely was surprised that Jungle Boy was the one who ate the pen. I mean, Luchasaurus is right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess in terms of believability, uh, it makes a little more sense. I mean, Jungle Boy is probably one of the few people that Adam Cole's slightly taller than. Uh, <laughs> so there, there's that. But, you know, what kind of implications does this have? Does red dragon get a tag team shot does adam cole and a partner get a tag team uh opportunity title opportunity great for pinning the tag team champions great question um are they ever going to give a name to the disputed uh, elite or undisputed elite or whatever the fuck they're gonna <laughs> call these guys yeah. uh you know, I don't know we'll see what happens keith lee was backstage and interrupted very quickly by team taz uh, Keith leaves having a match on Rampage on Friday with Max Caster, but Starks got in Keith Lee's face saying, hey, Rampage is our house. If you show up on our show again, we'll attack you again. Uh, and he said the magic house word, didn't he? So then Hugh Laurie showed up limping, <laughs> popping a Vicodin and saying, nope, <laughs> it's not lupus. <laughs> We had a right. Chris Statlander video where she was taking off. <laughs> she was taking off her makeup, uh, indicating a character change maybe in the works. We saw more of that on Friday. And then we had uh, the most fun segment of the show. It was John Moxley and Brian Danielson defeating the best friends of Chuck Taylor and Wheeler Yuta, Arch Cassidy, Trent, and Dan Hauser on the outside, and most importantly, William Regal was on commentary. Yeah, and he, I, I believe the the quote was. Pray tell, who's that demon waif on the outside? <laughs> yes. Pray tell, man with the mask. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, bless you, Regal. That's how he kept describing Excalibur. Yeah. Uh, also, love the shade early on, Regal talking about how, oh, you know what? I, I gave Tony Schiavone all this praise last week. Jim Ross, you were there for me also. Excalibur, <laughs> you've never done anything for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's so good to have him back on mic. He's, he's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, uh, my 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 dream booth now, uh, because for the longest time it was uh, Excalibur, Taz, and Tony Schiavone. Uh-huh. Give me Excalibur, Regal, and Tony Schiavone. That's the booth I want. I feel like Excalibur, Taz, and Regal would just go <laughs> fucking insane. <laughs> Well, but the one person I want nowhere near that is Chris Jericho. Yeah, Thank you. yeah. Although, although I have to say, he kind of <laughs> popped me on Friday. Did he? Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk about that when we get there. All right. Um, 
But the match in the ring was just as fun as the pairing on commentary. Yeah, man. Uh, as Mox and Danielson continue just to beat the crap out of people. But more importantly, this got Wheeler Yuta over huge. Yeah. What is a Ute? You will now know what a Ute is. Yeah. Uh, like the, the San Antonio crowd was <laughs> losing their mind for this guy. He was eating those kicks, boy. Eating oh, them. yeah, he was. My yeah, God. He was. Um, got the absolute crap beat out of him. Uh, and uh, ended up uh, tapping out to the bulldog uh, from John Moxley, um, and then post match, everyone's leaving. Regal's in the ring with his boys. Yuta decides to walk away from the best friends and offer a handshake to Regal. Yeah. Regal then laughs and slaps the piss out of them. <laughs> and yeah. then they got right up in their face, right up in each other's faces. And that made Regal super happy. Also yep. seemed to make Danielson super happy. So yeah. Uh, yeah. He kind of like cracked his head in, in the frame. Was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, are we doing this? <laughs> are we doing this? Are we doing this? <laughs> so uh, definitely more to come there. And uh, I, I, I loved this segment. It Look forward to awesome. to two weeks from now on Dynamite when it's uh, Mox and Brian against Lee Moriarty and random tag team partner and the same thing happens. Yes. Yes. And I'm not saying that facetiously. I'm looking forward to that happening. FTR was backstage talking about how they fired Tully because of their lack of focus. Um, okay. And then the Young Bucks walked up and mocked them saying they'd always be second best. So I so guess triple threat at Supercard of Honor. <laughs> yeah, right. Like uh, I, I don't know where we're going. The only thing I could think of, of of anything in this is they keep talking about being the best, being the best that there is, being the best that there was. Uh, I feel like Brett might be becoming their Brett Hart might be coming in to be their new manager. Uh, well, I mean, you know, they're doing the Owen tournament soon too. Yeah. So I'd well, imagine he and Martha infamously have not gotten along well, i mean so. you know who knows uh, maybe tony's been the mediator yeah, yeah 2022 is is a world of difference from like 1999 so it's true it's true who knows the acclaim were backstage talking That's about dr martha hart to you sorry sorry dr martha hart the acclaim were backstage talking shit about the keith lee match coming up on friday starks and hobbs got in their faces saying caster you got to take care of business but here comes swerve yeah. Getting in the face of Ricky Starks and wanting a match with him. To which I say, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, co-signed. Uh, that said, San Antonio was not ready for the call and response of whose house. No, no. They kind of dropped the ball on that. Yeah. But they were saving all their energy for the main. Then we had the Jericho Appreciation Society commencement. Uh... And here is where we will debate, Chris. Okay, let's go. So, this promo segment weaponized everything I dislike about Chris Jericho in 2022. And in turn, I think it was a better segment for it. Okay. All right. Explain yourself. So, the whole purpose of this is to get Jericho back over as a heel. Uh huh. Uh, also, to poke fun at some very ridiculous concepts in the world of wrestling, sports entertainment versus professional wrestling, uh-huh. uh, people having their names changed. Uh, Matt Lee and Jeff Parker, their real names, were given new names by Chris Jericho. Uh, they are going to be, uh, what's see, what are their names? Um, I don't know. Blockhead they're, Billy they're, they're, or something. Oh, it's, uh, 
Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, and Cool Hand Ang. Cool Hand Ange? Whatever. Cool Hand Angelo Parker. So Matt Menard and Angelo Parker are their new names. I feel like weren't those all those names kind of taken from old NXT talents? You got you got an Angelo, you got a. I, I, I think that's the idea. Okay, who was a Menard in NXT? Uh, was that a? I I don't recall that. Okay, but uh, Daniel Garcia within like two seconds showed he's getting it with his very quick line of, "You know what, Chris? If you're a sports entertainer, then I am too." To all the booze. And I was like, this this might work. I mean, yeah, Hager's still there and Hager still sucks. Yes, agreed. I just I, I don't I don't everything that I know about Daniel Garcia, which is pretty much everything that's been presented to me on AEW TV, mm-hmm. is the antithesis of sports entertainment. Yeah. So for him to just turn on a dime for that, I, I I'm not I'm not buying that. Matt Lee and Jeff Parker definitely seem like the kind of clout chasers who would easily team up with the Chris Jericho. So that one's not as surprising. Um, and Hager exists much to our chagrin. Uh, <laughs> but I just, I don't, it's just so cringe to me. It, 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 it's more, uh, it's not, I, I explained it like this. It's, it's more X-Pac heat than MJF, MJF heat. Okay. okay. Like to me, MJF, is really good at being the shithead heel. Um, Jericho doing it is just seems really try hard as all his things are. And maybe if it had a better name than the Jericho appreciation, Assor- uh, of association society, society, whatever the fuck it is stupid. And I hate it. It's lazy. Uh, it's, it's lazy, uh, lazy storytelling from bad creative. Uh, and that bad creative is Chris Jericho because you know this was his idea. Uh, I just I, it's not it's not working for me. Maybe you know maybe something will change, but I didn't really care for the promo. It went way too fucking long. Not everybody needed to fucking talk. Jericho or Jake Hager never needs to talk. Um, <laughs> stupid jackass. Uh, yeah, it it I I did not care for it, and you know. I would have gone and seen if I had any snacks at the time. Yeah. Now, the part that made my heart skip a beat was Jericho while transitioning from part of the promo to another part of the promo. Just all of a sudden goes, January 6th, 2019. I was like, oh. We almost hit that gotcha button. Almost hit that gotcha button. Yeah, yeah. I I, I had my John Oliver banner and balloons. My wife's been wondering for months now yeah. why exactly I have all of those set up in the ceiling of our living room. But it's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. happen, honey. Cats keep trying to jump up there. It's a bit a big mess. <laughs> Wine mom Serena Deeb cut a promo on her car, Ushida, saying she's in her head. She's going to end Sheeta's career. Then we have the TNT Championship match between Wardlow and American Top Team featuring Scorpio Sky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. This match wasn't bad by any means, but A, Wardlow taking forever to do the Powerbomb Symphony. And then yeah. for some reason, Austin Vanderford being the one who gets to stand tall over Wardlow was some dumb shit. Yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, I mean, is he going to – is he still active in MMA? Yes. So he's probably not going to be doing any matches. 
Yeah, and if he is, it's going to be, you know, eight-man to do what's it's Right, so. yeah. Uh, that said, um, Dan Lambert having the second belt and wearing it around his waist made me really happy. So, there was that. Um, I really want, by the way, Scorpio Sky to actually have a title reign worth a shit. Uh, and already this is not looking like it's going to. It's just overbooked fuckery. Yeah. The art of fuckery. Post-match, uh, MJF and Sean Spears beat the crap out of Wardlow. So clearly we're getting Wardlow versus MJF real, real soon. Okay. I mean, you know, we that's not a shot. Yeah, we knew it would be the direction we would go in. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I think we uh, definitely thought it would be a, a bigger to-do than it looks like it's going to be. We'll see. Well, I mean, you know, no offense to Wardlow, but if MJF goes from a feud, a month-long feud to C- from with CM Punk to, you know, Wardlow, it's yeah. not quite the same. Yeah. Jade Cargill, Mark Sterling cut the same promo they always cut. Yes, yes, they did. I I, he- I hear pray tell that she's that bitch. Yes. Also, uh, she's tired of waiting and she wants to know who's next. Okay. Which I'm pretty sure she's said all the time. The Hardys made their AEW in-ring debut against Private Party, already going to the fireworks factory there. This match was aggressively okay. (laughs) It was decidedly not for me. I could tell, based off the live crowd response, there are people who are very much enjoying this. However, I've seen... God. What are we looking at here? 98? So that would be... 24 years. 24 years of Hardy Boys matches. Yep. And this was the greatest hits, man. Yeah. I mean, you know. Including Jeff Hardy murdering Isaiah Cassidy with a swanton bomb. Yeah. Yeah. It was was a Hardy's match. Again, not bad. Just, I've seen this. At at this point, the Hardys, sadly are kind of an entrance. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the pop. Because yeah. I, I haven't enjoyed Matt in the ring, in the ring in quite some time. Right. And Jeff, you know, will do some stupid shit. But again, I, I you know, not for me. I get the people who, who dig it and, and, and love them are, are into it. But yeah, it's it's not for me either. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm leaving it. I'm just like, eh, okay. Then we had our main event. It was a steel cage match for the AEW Women's World Championship. Thunder Rosa getting her title shot against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Big time entrance for Rosa comes out with a mariachi band playing her out. An all-female mariachi yes. band. Yes, very true. And Britt Baker coming out in a Scott Hall homaging black and white gear. Mm-hmm. And they proceeded to have uh, an absolute crazy brawl in the cage. I don't think this hit the highs of the lights out match from last year. Agreed. But having a live crowd certainly added to the bigger, crazier spots, including an absolutely nutty spot where Britt Baker said, you know what? I have active patients tomorrow in my dentistry office, Excuse me. but fuck it. I'm going to fall onto nine chairs. Yeah. Stacked upon each other. Yeah. That was, uh, I mean, I guess it went as well as it could have. Yeah. For, for lack of a, a a better explanation for that. But yeah, that was that was a crazy spot. Of course, the attacks came out. They were chairs uh, and chair shots and um, your typical plunder cage match. Yeah. It was fine. I actually I don't want I don't want to say I disliked it. 
but some uh, and uh, I don't want to be that guy who's talking shit about the women's match but and I think it's more it was more on Thunder Rosa some of those strikes had very little behind it yeah uh, and I don't know if that was her trying to sell what had happened to her already but they were pretty early in the match yeah um and it there seemed to be some confusion in there and more than a, more than a couple occasions I don't know I I didn't really love this match yeah some people i i saw online absolutely loving it saying it was as good as if not better than than the match a year before um some said it was a match of the year candidate it, it didn't it didn't hit no. any of those highs for me yeah. um you know i it was definitely the right time it was the right place sure. yeah the, the confluence of everything was appropriate that sometimes you know when a title change happens you go oh it was too early oh it was too late no this was perfect yeah and you know Rose is definitely the person to carry the division now. Um, I hope Britt takes time away to get her freaking wrist finally fixed up. Yeah. Um, but this this was okay. This this was pretty much exactly what I thought would be in my, in my mind. And um, I, I guess for all of the matches that I talk about that, you know, oh, it gets an extra star for me because it surprised me. Because this match was so much exactly what I thought it would be, kind of took it down a little bit. I, there really Fair. wasn't like a, a, a zig where a zag would be. Um, and, right. Yeah. You know, it 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 met expectations. It did not exceed them. So, um, still, I made for a good TV main event, and uh, I look forward to see what they do with Rosa. And then yep. on Friday night, we had. Rampage, and it kicked off uh, at a very odd time of like 11.48 or something like that. Yeah, because, thanks to the basketballs. Yeah, March Madness NCAA tournament running late, so my DVR caught half the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, maybe if you watch on the TNT app, you'll get the whole, okay. whole upload. Uh, well, the first match absolutely fucking rolled and i didn't yes. necessarily expect it to roll as hard as it did it was darby allen versus the butcher big butch baby and this was awesome this yeah, was I mean, this was like a, a a perfect tv match darby like it worries me sometimes <laughs> like the the tope that essentially skimmed butcher and went face first into the guardrail yeah you know yeah, that's uh, that's that's got to be some ouchies. Yeah. And the way that Butcher was just brutalizing him up to the point where he was beating him down in the corner and he just shoves Darby through the middle and bottom <laughs> rope <laughs> yeah. onto the cameraman. Yeah, that ruled. And he bonks his head in the camera and he was selling that more than the fall <laughs> fall down. Yeah. And, and we've spoken a lot about how uh, how. Andy Williams is basically uh, pl- doing pro wrestling fantasy camp <laughs> as yeah. the butcher. Yeah. But dude has put in the work. He looks oh, yeah. amazing. He looks fantastic. His in-ring stuff, if this is an indication of where he's going, because, like, remember, oh, God, it was probably two years ago at this point when they had him versus Mox on a random dynamite. Yeah. It showed, like, okay, there's promise in this dude, but he's not ready to be a full-time single star. After this match, pull a trigger, man. I, yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's definitely got more to him and more, 
I don't know, allure than does the Blade. I mean, yeah. the Blade's just another fucking guy with a hot wife and wrestling, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's a very solid hand, uh, but... Well, he, he is, and he trains people, and I, I know he's, he's, he's good, but he doesn't... It's not exciting. Like, yeah. when I see... When I see Butch Butcher, I gotta stop calling him Butch because there's another Butch now. But when I see the Butcher, uh, you know, come down, I'm like, all right. Not only because I was a fan of Every Time I Die, but I'm like, this guy, this guy looks cool, you know, yeah. like, yeah, hell, you know, if if it comes to it in the A H F A A F O A F O, now it's A-F-O. easier to say. Yeah. Is it though? <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> uh, if that dissolves, I mean, Andy, for many reasons, would fit in really well with the House of Black. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes, he absolutely would, and also he'd be a pretty awesome TNT champion. But that—that's yes. also the way I see the TNT title, which it seems to be a little different from how AEW sees the TNT title. Right, right. So, anyway, awesome match. Highly recommend it if you didn't get a chance to check it out on Friday night. Uh, it, it's you know ten minutes long, and it's a great time. Scorpio Sky, sorry, Paige Van Sant cut a promo that <laughs> Scorpio Sky was there for. <laughs> so that's a thing. Uh, Red Velvet and Layla Hirsch basically ran the exact same match Layla had with Chris Statlander. Yep. And and this is this is where the flaws of the women's division really sh- show through in that Layla Hirsch is very talented. Yes. Red Velvet not so much. Yeah. She's I, still you you still see her gears turning in a match. Yeah. And that is it, 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 you see people go into slow-mo, and it's it's so difficult to watch. Yep. And Agreed. I'm not, a, a, I'm not a huge fan of her. I mean, the potential is there. She just needs sure. to fine-tune uh, every... And again, this is coming from a fat, bald guy in his basement who has, you know, bumped three times <laughs> trying to talk about what somebody should do. I understand how it sounds, yep. and I, I, I get it, but, you know, I... I she hasn't grabbed my attention yet, shall I say? Yeah, yeah. Layla Hirsch has. Yes, and, uh, and those tree trunk thighs as well. The big surprise storyline beat at the end of the match was uh, Hirsch was using going to use the turnbuckle she's been yeah. using to win matches, but out comes Gothy Chris Statlander. Oh boy, is that uh, is that mark off a couple boxes for your boy here? Uh, yeah, indeed. <laughs> oh, your boys, I'll <laughs> say. Gads. <laughs> uh, Hirsch gets distracted. Red Velvet goes over. Cootie Marshall cutting a promo backstage, uh, talking about how next week he's going to give Hook a QT Marshall certificate of accomplishment, which yeah. just means Hook's going to beat the shit out of QT Marshall again. I mean, that's cool and all, but I've already seen that. Yes. I, I, I let's, can we not? <laughs> Could we do something else? The House of Black murdered Fuego del Sol in Bear Country in just yeah, over three did. minutes in a really awesome squash. Yeah. Including this crazy high angle slam finish from Buddy Murphy. Yeah. It, it, I, it happened so quickly. I, I, my brain couldn't even process everything that happened. It kind of like picked him up in a fireman's carry type thing. It, and then it, it made me think of Kurt Angle's Olympic slam only infinitely more dangerous yeah a lot faster and yeah. i don't know it's kind of like or like a, a 
Death Valley Driver sort of there. I don't know. I have to find a gif of it and watch it a bunch more times to figure out exactly what the fuck happened. Yeah. He also uh, nearly knocked Fuego's head into the fucking uh, top row with a V trigger. <laughs> True. Uh, True. Right before he hit that. But yeah, uh, you know, little little big titty buddy Murphy uh, <laughs> hitting the good shit there. Big meaty man slapping meat. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Thank that's you. our guy. That's our guy. Then the main event was Keith Lee defeating Max Caster. This was really fun, but it was more just to build the continued storyline with Team Taz and ultimately Swerve Strickland. Swerve and Keith Lee, by the way, got the chance to do the big uh, AEW uh, thanks for coming out promo at the end of the show. Oh, good for them. So uh, nice. clearly uh, those guys are, are getting a big time push in terms of what's going to be on Dynamite this week. <laughs> MJF will speak. Chris okay. Jericho and Daniel Garcia will go against Alex Reynolds and John Silver. That should be really good. Okay. And I realize we didn't talk too much about it uh, when we were covering the match that led to it. It's going to be an eight-man tornado tag match. Butcher, Blade, and Private Party against the Hardys, Darby Allen, and Sting. Which okay. The uh, six-man at the pay-per-view is any indication this should be a lot of fucking fun. Yeah, I'm sure 11 year old Darby inside is dying. <laughs> <laughs> Teaming with the Hardys, and I mean Sting's probably old old hat to him by now. Yeah, but. yeah, he's used to he's used to hanging out with Sting. Yeah, it's not fun anymore. It's like, yeah. all right, cool. I <laughs> guess you think he calls him Steve, or you, you think he calls him Sting? <laughs> That's a or great question. You think question. he calls him Mister Sting? That's a great question. I don't know. Hey, Mister Sting, you want to go grab some Chipotle? <laughs> <laughs> You think Darby's a Chipotle guy? I don't. I don't know. I was just, <laughs> hey, Mister Sting, do you think they have a high chair for me? I'm trying. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> hey, Mister Sting, can you change my diaper? <laughs> oh shit! Uh, hey, Mister Sting, have you seen my uh, my binky? I can't find it. <laughs> it's it's this black and it has a little uh, skull and crossbones painted on it. <laughs> The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughhouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Roughhouse Redos, and Roughhouse Divided Movie Trivia Games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. El Torito brand salsa. The only salsa meant for midgets. It comes with half as much corn, half as many tomatoes, and a half portion of freshly grown bell peppers. Half as spicy as other salsas on the market. El Torito. The only dip worth the chip of the short ones. El Torito. 